0: Hey friends, welcome to the Friends of a Feather podcast. I'm your host, Rin and I'm so glad you joined me today. Each week, I get to chat with a friend who has a story to tell, a dream that she's pursuing, or a passion to share with you. We all have something in common, and that is Jesus. Jesus is the one that's writing our story. So welcome. This is episode 58, and my guest is Ashley Thompson. Ashley and I met through our husbands a few years back, and she has an incredible story of how God laid on Matt and Ashley's heart, and their whole family's heart, about internationally adopting from China. Matt went on a work trip to an area of China where there was a lot of poverty, and just the Lord burdened his heart about adopting a sweet baby from China. Ashley takes us through each step of the process, and you will hear me tear up. No less than three times, y'all. It's precious. I think it's precious because my husband brought it to my attention about the trajectory of this sweet baby girl's life that has been changed um, eternally. So it's just so sweet, and my son and Ellie Kay are the same age, so I get to see her a lot at church. I think that's why I get so emotional, because I see her, and I see her knowing God's word, and uh, excited about church, and excited about her friends, and it just brings it all home, that she was once a baby girl in China needing to be adopted. You will be so encouraged. So here's my conversation with Ashley. Well, welcome to the podcast, Ashley. Thank you. I'm so glad you're here over Skype. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm excited. Um, The first time that I remember hearing your name was when my husband, Jim, um, started working at the zoo here in town and your husband Matt works there and so that's yeah. how I met Matt and met you and your kids so that's yes how we met I didn't
1: even make the connection for a while that we went to the same church
0: oh yeah <laughs> yeah I met that three work first so. yeah, yeah I know so um I think that is super neat and it was super yeah. neat to have another couple that um you know, we're believers that worked at the same environment. So yeah. oh, I love that. I thought that was neat. But so when you and Matt, are y'all from Memphis originally? Um,
1: we, we've been here for a really long time. So we moved okay. here right bef- after we got married. Uh, we were 20. when We got married. We moved here uh, because Memphis at the time was the only pharmacy school in Tennessee. So we moved here for that, and then um, Matt got on at the zoo, so we've been here for a long time, but before that, Matt, we both lived in Nashville, and Matt's lived in Nashville his whole life,
0: and I lived in North
1: Carolina for the first 12 years.
0: Okay, okay, so if people don't know who you are, um, Mm -hmm. will you kind of tell us a little bit about you and your family and what you do? Sure. Sure.
1: So my name's Ashley. Uh, I'm married to Matt for 23 years. Um, Mm. We have four kiddos, three boys and a girl. Uh, Jacob is 16. Aiden is 13. Truman, we call him True. He's seven. Mm. And Ellen Acacia, we call her Ellie K and Mm. she's five.
0: I love the gamut of ages. <laughs> I mean, you, you are—I are. mean, you are doing like the high school thing with mm-hmm. teenagers, and then tweens, and yes. then all the way down to kindergartner. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah, it's fun. Okay, so you homeschool. We do. Okay. And then Uh you are a pharmacist. so Mm -hmm. And I still work one day a week.
1: And uh, Matt's off Sunday, Monday. And so on Monday, he's got the kids um, and helps them with their school. And then I work on Mondays.
0: That's great. What a great setup. I remember years ago when Jim was telling me before we had... Um, our son and he was saying that you work one day a week and I was like that is a perfect scenario I mean I know Matt I really probably, like it yeah. yeah I mean you know he's like well Mondays or he's on but I all just right. think that is just the perfect scenario because you still yeah. get to go out and and work because you enjoy yeah. work and mm-hmm. went to school for all those years for, yeah. for being a pharmacist so yeah. um, I think that's great it's a great setup for sure it's fine Okay. So take us back. So your oldest Jacob is 16. Mm -hmm. So take us back to when you even, and, and three of your children are biological Mm -hmm. and uh, your last little bookend is, um, adopted. She is adopted from China. Yes. So tell us when you kind of started. Has adoption from China always been on your heart? Or take us back to what that FedEx trip, that zoo <laughs> trip that Matt took yes. years ago and what that, how that made a difference.
1: Okay. So back in 2003, Matt's worked um, at the zoo pretty much his whole adult life. And so in 2003, he was on the team that went to China to go get the pandas, a pair of pandas from... China and to bring them back to Memphis. And that's a big Um, deal. That's huge. Yes. It was super exciting. It's like we're one of four cities that have um, pandas. It was just a super exciting time for the city. And he was super excited to be able to go. Um, He was assistant curator at that time, but he was on that team. And so he went for a two-week trip to China. And um, he got to see areas of China that most tourists don't necessarily get to see. Um, There was a reforestation project that... Took them very um, deep into areas of China that most Americans or Westerners just don't get to witness at all. Mm. And so he saw poverty there like he had never seen it here. Mm. And at the same time, in the media, there was all the um, information we were getting about China's abandonment of their little girls. So mm. it kind of just stirred in his heart. Just, I wonder if this is something we should do. So he came back and brought it up, um, you know, what do you think about adopting from China? And mm. I had. Um, I wasn't one that always knew I wanted to adopt, but I loved just the concept of adoption. Mm -hmm. So I was really excited to look into it. Um, Then when we did, we realized we were too young. So we were only 28 at the time in 2003, and we had to be 30 based on China's rules. So we had to wait a little while.
0: So China has a rule that you have to be 30 in order to adopt a baby. I did not know that.
1: Yes. You have to be between 30 and 50.
0: Did that, was that just in China, a rule for just China? Yes. Okay. That's their government rules. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Okay. So you, so he comes back from this trip and he's like, hey, I really think this might be something. What do you think? And at this time, how many children did you have?
1: We only had one, so we had a little boy that had just turned one okay. um, the month before, and okay. I was really
0: excited about it. But
1: yeah, then when we looked into it,
0: we weren't old enough. Anyway. Okay, so you weren't old enough. You were twenty three right. at the mm-hmm. time. Or, no, we were twenty eight. You were twenty eight. I'm sorry. Twenty. Mm-hmm. No, came that's okay. On. Okay, so twenty eight. So you had to wait mm-hmm. two years. Yes. Okay, so you wait two years, and now your baby yeah, so is now three. Yeah, so two.
1: Two years later when we were 30, um, what we had thought was, you know how we plan out things for God. We had thought we might have <laughs> three children all two years apart. And and then so we thought, well, since we can't adopt right now, maybe we should have a second child biologically if we can. Yeah. And then adopt that one two years later. Okay. Um, it took a little bit longer for us to get pregnant with Aiden than we had hoped. And then mm-hmm. um, but right at 30 we were having a baby. So at that point, uh-huh. I wasn't ready to plan for two babies at once no. and to fill out the paperwork. So we waited until our second son was a year and a half. And so we actually filled out the paperwork in April of 2006.
0: Okay. And so your oldest mm-hmm. is now how old?
1: Um, four. Right.
0: Okay. So you yeah, have a four-year-old four year old and a yeah. one and a half year old and mm-hmm. then you fill out the yes. paperwork and then what happens?
1: So um, the agency and our social workers all told us it would be about a year, which, you know, still worked in our timeline of what we were thinking. (laughs) And and, uh, little did they know that uh, the process is completely controlled by the Chinese government. Mm. And so they had no idea. They weren't misleading us. They just had no idea that it was going to be a huge slowdown. So basically that year came and went and we weren't even close. Um, Mm. You... In China, the process at the time is you your login date. When you get logged in, you basically are put in a queue. And it's, so it's kind of first come, first serve. Mm-hmm. And our date was just not even, they weren't even close to our date. They wow. just weren't sending out a lot of referrals. So there was just a huge slowdown that hit basically right after we applied.
0: Okay. And so really, you're mm-hmm. at their mercy. I mean, you're you're yes. whatever their time. So yes. really, in reality, L.E.K. was not born yet.
1: Oh, no. I no. mean,
0: not even close. No. So that is kind of neat to see that Mm -hmm. God's hand is totally in this because Mm. he knew exactly or he picked exactly the baby that was going to be. Oh, absolutely. That is amazing. Okay. So, so then, so now you're waiting. So that was two years Mm -hmm. and then Mm -hmm. you're waiting some more. And then how Mm -hmm. long did it take until you got that call?
1: We did not get the call. So we logged in in 2006. We did not get the call until July, 2013. So. I mean, and that's then, a long yeah. time. Yeah. So from application to travel, it was seven and a half years
0: that's, <laughs> for the whole process. That's, that's unbelievable. That's yeah. really, it is. It's amazing that it was that long, but it was also mm-hmm. amazing that y'all, like you continued, you had another, a third baby, right?
1: Yeah, so there's kind of an interesting story about that. Just at different times, um, even though we really felt God called us, there's just certain things that would cause us to doubt just because we're human. And we would think, you know, maybe we were wrong and God Mm -hmm. didn't. You know, we just got it all wrong Mm -hmm. and we just had it. It's just completely mixed up. So um, in January 2010, there was an earthquake in Haiti and we really pray. We started praying about changing programs, just completely changing from wow. adoption to Haiti uh-huh. um, because our agency basically said we're going to it was basically a China only agency. And they said because of this need for. Adoptive parents, because of this earthquake, they've left so many people orphans. Mm. Um, we're gonna uh, the, all the money that you've paid towards adoption, we can apply it towards Haiti. And so we were like, yeah, maybe that's what we should do. Yeah. Maybe we should just switch. And um, wow. what's fascinating is, as we were praying about it, we you know took a couple weeks to pray about it. We found out we were pregnant with number three, which was a total surprise. What? Um, yeah. Oh, my goodness. So at that point, again, we weren't going to plan, mm-hmm. just change gears when we just found out about this baby. So that mm-hmm. kind of put everything on hold with switching programs. And we thought, well, okay, we'll stay with China yeah, for a little yeah.
0: longer. Okay. So that's exciting. 'Cause yeah. you know and that's confirmation too, like you said, that you're yes. like, okay, this we're gonna we're gonna stay the course and then you mm-hmm. had this sweet baby and you, it was another mm-hmm. boy. Yes. So yes. I wanted yeah. to ask you, when you yeah. filled out the paperwork for China, did you mm-hmm. um specify a girl or do they let you adopt baby boys?
1: hmm Um, they do. Um At the time, uh, it was mostly baby girls that they said that needed adoption. So that's what we had checked. Mm -hmm. Um, Towards the end of our wait, uh, there were a lot more boys available. And they would do very interesting things right before our referral. Like even if you applied for a girl, they would sometimes refer you a boy. Um, we oh. knew several families that that happened. So wow. they kind of take your request as guidance and then you can accept okay. or reject your referral. Okay.
0: Okay. Interesting. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. So you have three boys at this time mm-hmm. and then how old, so when you got the call, when, yeah. um, oh, and also were you going to, did y'all ask if, it, you could have a baby girl or a toddler or what did y'all get to? Um, I think
1: the specifications on
0: our the what we had filled out was under two. Okay, okay, that's what you asked Mm -hmm. for. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Okay, so now your youngest boy is how old when you get the call about? um, He was about
1: two and a half.
0: Okay, okay. So Mm -hmm. at that point, did y'all even know before the call came in, did you even know this was like even months before, weeks before, that this was going to happen?
1: Yes, we knew it was close because it was done by date. We were keeping up with which dates were referred. So we knew we were very, very close. And then the agency... Um, the morning of said, okay, we've got a really important call. So grab all your family together. Um, (gasps) that's kind of the way it works so that we would all be together and hear the news at the same time. Okay. So how was that like? That was July of 2013. It was,
0: it was, I was actually
1: working that day. I had landed on a Monday And uh, I was like, of course, it has to be (laughs) a So I had to pretty much get it all, you know, go all through the day. Oh, no. Um, I left about an hour early just when I was done with patients and and rushed home. And we had the two older ones. I think we put Trude on for a nap because we Mm -hmm. just kind of wanted to focus. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, So little at the time. But the two older boys are with us and Matt, of course, and me myself. And we gathered around a computer and she, the woman on the agency line, she basically said, okay, if you're ready, I'm going to send the email over and it's going to have her picture on it. And then I'm going to give you her name and age and province and all that kind of stuff.
0: Okay. So did you, have you, had you seen a picture of her or heard her name until that moment?
1: Oh, no, no. And at that point, we still didn't know if it would be a boy or a girl oh, or my what goodness. part of China or what age or anything.
0: Yeah. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. So the part of China, did that ring a bell? Did Were y'all very familiar with China?
1: Not super familiar, but I had um, kind of kept track of where different people were referred from, and I had heard of the province before okay. it's kind of south. South province. Okay.
0: Okay. All right. So take me through when you get home and y'all get, and she says, okay, I'm going to send it over and then y'all get the email. And what are you thinking when you're seeing this email and seeing her face for the first time? Oh my goodness.
1: It was really unreal just seeing that little Mm. face. Of course, I thought she was absolutely precious. Mm. Um, And we were just so incredibly excited. And it's almost like you can't take in all the information because they're telling you, you know, this is what they said, how she was found, this is mm. her age, and this is where she lives, and this is what she eats, and it's really hard to even take in all the information. Of course, they email it to you
0: later, so you can yeah. have it and,
1: and, you know, read it a thousand times afterwards. Sure, <laughs> um,
0: oh my goodness. Yeah, it's a
1: super exciting time to get a yeah. referral call.
0: Yeah, I'm, as you're saying this, I'm, I know you can't see me, but I am tearing up yeah. just Aww. hearing about this yeah. and how um, you know, where she was found. Do y'all mm-hmm. know any st- specific um, details? Right. So
1: what they said was that she was one day old. Um, the, the is a little bit conflicting. One thing said that umbilical cord was still wet. Um, one thing said she was a day old. Um, but they say that she was found outside the gates of the orphanage. Mm-hmm. um, I will say that the Chinese government is not always 100% truthful when they give you information. So we don't know if that's really true because when you look at the data, Mm -hmm. like 95% of people are found at the gates of the orphanage. I was going to say, I've kind of heard that before. Yeah, but it really really kind of makes
0: you doubt the story a little bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. But Mm -hmm. either way, she was at the orphanage very soon after she was born.
1: Right. She was. And then God just really... Just had her in his hands because she was with a foster mom a lot of that time. They have um, an elderly care facility that is hooked onto the orphanage, basically. And so they had her in a foster home and she um, was very, very attached to her foster mom. Cause she mm. ch- just really showed a lot of grieving when she came to us. Um, mm. which was a good thing. It's harder when you first get the baby, um, if they've really attached to someone, but it's good because they've developed that capacity to love. And I really mm. feel just her physical condition and her ability to love us. I felt like she was very, very well cared for. So I feel like God was just really, um, just preparing her for us and just really mm. watching out
0: for her. I love that because I mm-hmm. don't really hear that often where they do yeah. have that. So that is sweet. I, I love how you, you know, and some moms, you know, in our own heart would say, I don't want I, I want to be the first one that she connects with. Oh, right. And in, in adoption, it's a different story. I mean, you're mm-hmm. looking at the well-being of your child mm-hmm. long-term. And like you said, the uh, the capacity of love, I've never thought of it that way. That's yeah. an interesting and- way.
1: One other fascinating thing, which we did not find out until months later, trying to get some things translated that were filled out in China, was um, I had warned the boys ahead of time, our older boys, like, you know, she's probably not going to be used to boys, so you're just going to have mm. to tone it down a little bit. And <laughs> I they were rambunctious. And, right. and there were little babies in China that we saw that would not be able to handle, you mm. know, just rambunctious boys. But sure. um, we were a little surprised that she seemed to just really gravitate towards them, um, even maybe before us a little bit, and that she really seemed to love our boys, and nothing they did, like, scared her, intimidated her. Well, wow. months later, we found out that she lived with seven foster brothers, older oh, brothers. Oh, my goodness. And so, and no sisters. So, it's kind of like, wow. again, God just putting her in a home that would prepare her for us. That he is, knew that she was going to have older brothers. That is he was
0: perfect. Really, and not just yeah. one older brother, three. Right. Right, you know, right? <gasps> yeah. that is, is just really the sweet. Lord's kindness. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. What a sweet thing. Okay. So when you hear the call in July of 2013 mm-hmm. and she's how old at this time? She was seven months. Okay. So that from that mm-hmm. point until when you get to go and travel to mm-hmm. China and stay there and get her yes. and complete that process of it, mm-hmm. how old was she? She, so we
1: traveled, um, three months later. It takes a while. Like as soon as you sure. get the referral picture, you want to hop on the plane that <laughs> night. Yeah. I mean that You just are staring at it and just thinking, Oh, I want her to be with us so badly. But there's yes. just processes. Of course you have to go through with, um, immigrations and all that kind of stuff. So it takes a little bit, but we did it, you know, fastest that we possibly could. And Mm -hmm. we were able to travel on October. So at that time she
0: was 10 months. Okay. Okay. So she's just shy of a year. And Mm -hmm. I mean, Mm -hmm. how, how did you feel when you went to get her okay she's almost Mm -hmm. a year old she's 10 months old and y'all are all and that's you and I think the two older boys went is that correct Yes, and Matt Mm -hmm. okay me and Matt and yeah the the two two older
1: older boys boys. yes Mm -hmm.
0: and so y'all travel on a airplane and it's a long flight yes and Mm -hmm. you get there and what what do you do first when do you get to see her
1: So um, we went to Beijing first and kind of toured with the boys. Everybody has to, you can't fly directly to their province for their um, customs. You have to go through like a port city, either Hong Kong or Beijing. So we Mm -hmm. flew into Beijing and the agency kind of has it set up where you spend a couple days there to try to acclimate to the food and the time and the culture before they hand you a baby. So um, we had two or three days there and then we flew to her province and had maybe one full day in her province. Before the day that we met her, that it was mm-hmm. exciting because arriving in her province, we walked in the hotel room, they had a crib set up, oh. and
0: just it just made it so real. Like, oh, uh, she's actually going to be here.
1: So, she's yeah, going to be really here. Exciting. Oh my mm-hmm. goodness! And
0: so when y'all got to meet her, and they brought her out to you, to go yes. through tell me, tell us about that.
1: Okay, so it was in a conference room of the hotel. Um, several floors um, down from us and there were five families and we we're from all over America so we have <sighs> Florida New Mexico Colorado Texas and then we're from Tennessee mm-hmm. um so five different families and we always there's a bond with those families like none mm-hmm. other because we always say it's like you're it's, you're in each other's delivery room that's really what oh, you, yeah it, it is because you're witnessing the birth of a family. Uh. And so it's just an amazing, intimate, um, spiritual thing to witness. It really is. It's just absolutely amazing. Mm. Um, So, and all the babies acted differently. Um, The first Mm. little baby that came in was to the couple in Texas, and she was completely kind of um, taken aback and shell-shocked as they all were, but she just didn't cry. She just kind of Uh looked at everybody like, oh my goodness, who are these people, because for all these people, babies, they've never seen Caucasians before. Oh um, yeah. And we smell differently and we look differently and we speak differently and we have these weird yes. c- customs. And, um, mm. so yeah, they, they were very kind of shocked by us, but we got yeah. to see each
0: family Ugh. receive their baby, which That's is so precious. cool. Oh my mm-hmm. goodness. So do you remember yeah. who was bringing out Lek to you and, and that yes. moment?
1: yeah so um a lady walked in with the tiniest baby thus far Mm. and matt was kind of across the room because we were trying to help video each other's moments Mm. and he was videoing and i i remember looking over to him and i was like matt she's here and he looked over and he's like that's her because our our referral Uh, picture she had been in these like big poofy jackets that they kind of put them in Uh and so when she came in she looked just so tiny to us so he's like oh that's her. So he rushed over and uh, yeah, they gave her to us and she was terrified of us. Well, I'm um, sure, She was a uh, very, very feisty. Um, Ooh. she showed a lot of spirit, which she still does. And, yeah. um, she kind of was the biggest fighter of all of them, uh, really? uh, but it was a good thing. It was uh-huh. really, really a good thing. Even the pediatrician, he was like, she fights me and this is good.
0: Mm. Like she's,
1: um, you know, she was, Speaking up for herself. So. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, again, she was being taken away from somebody
0: she loved. So yeah. There was definitely a, a whole grieving process for her. Yeah. And, and just like you said, if she was attached and then she mm-hmm. was, you know, that she had that capacity to love and that she yes. already had mm-hmm. been attached, then that was, that was a blessing in the long run. Yes, absolutely. So did you cry? Did y'all cry? Like, I'm about to blow my eyes out right now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes. I mean, it mm. was definitely like tears and like, Just, oh my goodness, I can't believe this is finally happening. It almost seems like it's not real, you know? Like, I can't Mm. believe she's really in our arms. It was definitely... Um, a lot of that, and then it, you know, it's interesting because your family pictures aren't like with a, a little sedate newborn baby coddled in your arms. Right. She's like terrified, <laughs> so yeah. Like
0: yeah. But, um, you know, yeah. we're like, we're your mom and dad. You're gonna love us one day. Yeah. <laughs> this first picture might not be the best, but right. we, we'll get the good Christmas card picture soon. Right. Oh right. my goodness. Wow. Okay. So, and then y'all go and really, I mean, like you have her in the hotel room that night, right?
1: Yeah. So the first day is like absolutely crazy because there's so many governmental things that you Mm. have to check off. So basically from the time that you get her, they give you maybe 30 minutes in your hotel room alone. And then they're like, okay, hop in a van and you're going to go do all these things, like get a Chinese passport. And it's kind of an exhausting thing to do with a baby that doesn't know you yet. So that was kind of a a difficult day, but yeah, she was ours from the time they handed her over. She was
0: ours. And so did -hmm. what did y'all took her with you and she has to do, I mean like fingerprint and all that. Does she have to do all that? Um,
1: One, the hardest thing was her uh, Chinese passport because she would not stop crying. And the, Mm. the passport picture takers were, yelling at me in Mandarin <gasps> to make her stop crying. And the guide kept saying, well, they're telling you to make her stop crying. I'm like, she doesn't know me. I don't, oh, I don't know goodness. how to make her stop yeah, crying. Yeah. So, um, so that was the hard and part. she was again, the feistiest, like everybody else mm. kind of calmed their babies down, but mm-hmm. she couldn't be calmed, um, that yeah. first day very much. Yeah. Um, she just,
0: you know, she was but like it, you said, she was grieving.
1: Yes, it was her. And so it was, you know, mm. just, yeah, it was a hard thing for her.
0: So, how was the next day after that? And the next day after that, did she warm up eventually? Yes. Um, she did, and a funny story was that she
1: uh, bonded to Matt first. So I mm. had kind of presumptuously assumed that she would bond to me first, and I had warned <laughs> Matt because I did more reading than he did. He, of course, uh-huh. took classes and read yeah. uh, as well. But I'd kind of warned him and said, "Now you know, they usually bond with one
0: parent, so uh-huh. just kind of
1: warning him yeah. so that he would know and not be left out." Yeah, like she you're completely- like she's gonna bond
0: with bond with yeah. me, <laughs> so you it's yeah, it's gonna course. be okay. It's gonna be right, okay, Matt.
1: Right. But I was. Super super shocked and almost oh. didn't want to believe it at first uh-huh. that she bonded with Matt first. I was yeah. like, nah, that's just coincidence that uh-huh. she stops crying when I hand her to you, but <laughs> it became more, more and more obvious that I couldn't get her to sleep, but he could. Oh, and she was word. upset. She oh. wanted him. And it was, it was very different, very, very different. Cause he had to wow. do all the middle of the night stuff cause she didn't want oh. me. And so oh. I had nursed the three boys and uh-huh. he was used to me kind of, doing <laughs> all the nighttime duty and he's like wait
0: a minute <laughs> wait I don't right. know about this I gotta get up and go to go to work every right. day <gasps> right I didn't
1: know that
0: well she is you know she is a daddy's girl now though she is so you know and it's sense. so sweet
1: because I've had friends to say that if it's backwards and they bond with the mom first, that sometimes when the dad goes to work, it takes such a long time because they're with them less. It takes mm. just months and sometimes even years to bond with the dad. Mm. And so it's really, again, just God's goodness and his grace mm. that they bond. Even though it was kind of, you know, a little bit sad for me at first, <laughs> right. um, it was really a sweet thing because. Uh-huh. Once I was home with her and he went to work, she bonded with me very quickly. Oh, so sure. So it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't right. like it took months or anything like that. It was a very, very quick process, but I don't right. know if it would have been the same if she had bonded with
0: me first. Yeah. Oh, that's another, yeah, uh, another part of God's character, God's kindness. Mm-hmm,
1: absolutely. That is
0: amazing. When you, Look back on your time and the Mm -hmm. time that you, I mean, it was seven and a half years that you waited, Mm -hmm. that y'all waited, your kids waited. I mean, they were on this journey with you. How did that look faith-wise in your journey? How did, what was a, -hmm. what was a practical thing that y'all did or that you showed your kids and that Mm -hmm. you all did during that seven and a half years? Right. It was hard because
1: really our kids didn't know anything else, especially Aiden, who was one and a half when we applied. So it's kind of like they always knew we were going to have a baby sister. And we definitely prayed about it together as a family. Um, And I would like to say that I never, ever doubted and that I always Mm -hmm. knew it was going to happen, but I didn't. There were times during that wait that. I did doubt and just think, well, you know, I really don't know if if this is ever going to happen just because it was taking so long. Um, One particular thing that God did, though, is that Matt and I, probably a year, it kind of is fuzzy. It may have been three or four. Um, We came together and just decided just to pray separately for a couple of weeks about really if we should continue or not cuz you're like mm. you know I just don't know if yeah. this is ever going to happen and and just let's just pray separately and then we'll come back and pray together and just see what we think mm-hmm. and so um the very first quiet time after that and I don't remember if it was that day or the next day but I know it was the very next quiet time mm. I happened to be read reading in Isaiah mm-hmm. and the verse was do not do not be afraid I will bring your children from the East and we'll gather you from the West. <gasps> and I was like, Oh my goodness. And sorry, you know, I ran and I was like, we're adopting from China. And I know that verse was not written about Chinese adoption. <laughs> I know that, <laughs> but, the case but you can apply God it. Is, yes. It's living and active and he uses it to speak to us. It was mm-hmm. like, I knew a hundred percent for sure that he was saying that we were to not drop out. So um, that that was super exciting. You know, God just did things like that just to kind Mm. of encourage us. And as far as practical things for the boys, we would have them like write little letters to her or write what Mm. they thought she would be like or just different little things like that. that we've kind of saved for her from when the boys were little and um, just so that she would be a part of their lives even way before she was here. Uh. We would get her Christmas ornaments every year um uh-huh. so it was, yeah that's fine
0: that's a perfect way to make her um feel part of the family like you said before she was even there yes. in your arms yeah you know for yes. years. And
1: I, yeah And yeah because people when they look at our family they say when they see the three older boys and then they see the adopted girl and they'll say oh you had to adopt your girl didn't you because uh. you know you don't want to and If You know, they don't know that she was actually playing second. (gasps) That's right. You know, so I'm like, well, she was actually playing second. It just took her a while to get here.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it just took her a while. And you know what? And I remember just going through infertility for three and a half Mm. before we had our son. And that was, and when you desire that so much, Mm -hmm. it is so difficult to do that. But then you did it double that. I can't Mm -hmm. imagine of just the waiting and the, Mm -hmm. and having joys mixed in with your sons and having them, but still the weight of that is really Mm -hmm. hard. It's just hard to walk through day to day.
1: Mm-hmm. I, I think it was even harder for the people. There were a couple people, like those families that I was talking about. There were mm-hmm. two families that didn't. This was their first child, and mm-hmm. so I really felt for them just because they didn't have the children already. So it's just, I'm sure the weight seemed double oh, <laughs> of what we experienced. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Our wow. boys did soften that weight a lot.
0: Yeah, but still, there's still mm-hmm. uh, there's still that yearning, and that Absolutely. nothing can nothing can satisfy that. And so, I mean, the Lord, the Lord can give you contentment, but, but for that child, you waited and then what a Mm -hmm. story that y'all have been able to tell her of waiting Mm -hmm. for her. I mean, it's just precious. During that time when you um, were waiting and then you had Ellie Kate, how was it when you kind of had re-entry back into the United States, back into Tennessee mm-hmm. with Ellie and with the brothers. How was that?
1: Right, right. Um, of course, it was a long flight home. Oh, <laughs> Ooh, uh, and then Matt, pretty much, she didn't want to sit down. So he, it was like a, oh you know, goodness. whatever, 18 hour flight <gasps> or something ridiculous. And so he just kind of walked the aisles of the airplane for, oh Ever so he of course was exhausted. Um, oh we were all goodness. exhausted, and then yeah. it makes it harder with a baby the whole jet lag thing because once they come back, um, if they're on the other side of the world, then they want to be awake at night and asleep during the day. So that's really hard uh, yes. because you're exhausted, but then they're <sighs> wanting to be, you uh-huh. know, awake at night, and so that just <laughs> takes a good couple weeks to kind of, um, yeah. to just get back into a normal groove and then she of course had to get used to things she had never worn diapers before they don't do um this diapers they do um split pants um, okay. and they do potty training from the, they start potty training at six weeks. I have heard
0: her. that. I have yes. heard that. That yes. is amazing. So, so how we did...
1: laid. Her, yeah. So we laid her down to change diapers and things like that. She's like, ah, so they said uh, she was potty trained, but we did not, since I didn't know her language was, and she's getting to know us, I'm like, we're not, do, we're yeah, not doing Yeah, that. That's
0: stressful we're, enough. She's 10
1: months old. Right. So we yes. just put diapers on her, but she yeah. acted like we were you Crazy. know, chopping her leg off every time we laid her down to wow. yeah, change a diaper, did um, things like that. And um, baths, I don't think she had ever had a uh, bath like we call baths. I think they maybe did sponge baths, I see. but baths oh absolutely terrified her. So just kind of getting into mm. the American ways and American culture and things like yeah. that. But then the very sweet things, like it was in October, so it was just really nice and um, mild weather and being able to sit her in the grass. Mm. And know that she probably never seen grass <gasps> or touched grass or mm. felt grass because um, she was just from an area like there's just not a lot of land there. So mm. they um, it's a lot of just concrete and mm. buildings and they, you just don't see a lot of trees or greenery. Wow. Um, so I know she wouldn't where she was in an wow. orphanage foster home situation. Yes. Yeah. So it was just really fun, like to see her
0: discover that,
1: um, oh and my just, goodness. you know, things like that. Just really new fun. things that yeah. are new to yeah. her.
0: Right. Right. So through all of this, what would you say to a person who is, who really feels like that is the direction that they need to go or that they want to go? Mm. What would you say to that person, that mom or that, um, single lady or that right, right. parent, mom and dad, what would you say to them?
1: Right. I would just say just to, to stay very intimate with God and to know, um, how to hear his voice. Mm-hmm. Um, just because you can have so many doubts and there's so many questions and what I should do and what country and things like that. And and I'm basically just pro adoption. So I don't necessarily, um, tell people you definitely need to adopt from China or, right. you, you know, I mean, because, you know, we have supposedly the statistics are there's 143 million orphans worldwide mm. and 500,000 or so are in the States. Um, and God's heart and desire is for all of those kids to be adopted. Mm. And so he called us to China because that's where our daughter was. And he's going to call other people to other countries or here. And so you're not going to know unless you're, you're really listening to his voice. So I would just say to, to stay really close to him so you'll know that next step to take, because I can't say China's right for every family. Mm. Um, Only God knows that. Mm.
0: That's so wise of you to say that Um, because y'all are very passionate about Chinese adoption, which you Mm -hmm. should, because that's what God called you to. But I think that's so wise of you to say you're pro adoption and wherever God wants you to adopt from um, is what, is what you should do. I love that. Okay, thank you so much. I have cried I've teared up three different times. Aww. This is just precious. <laughs> I did want to ask you something. How did you name her? Was she did she have okay. her name?
1: Um, so when she they do surname first. So they told us her name was Juan La Gia. Um at the orphanage, everybody started with so Juan was her last name. So they call last name first, right? And so, everybody basically at that orphanage is named Juan because their city is Juan's eye. Okay. So, everybody's Juan. So, that's like their family name. Like Thompson for us or Robbins for you. Okay. So, then also, they kept everybody's first name the same. So, Juan La, which would be like her first name. Okay. Because last name's first and first name. That was La, which everybody had. And Gia was her special name. That's beautiful. So that was her unique name. So it's spelled J-I-E. So it looks like Jai, but it's Gia. Okay. And um, it means pure and clean. So we
0: kept that, as one of her middle names. So she's oh. Elena K. Gia. Oh, um, I love yeah. that. Yeah. <gasps> oh, so y'all get to name her what you call her, but her middle name is yes. still her, her Chinese yes. name. Yeah, oh, and we've that. told
1: her, we're like, if you want to, you know, be called Gia one day, then
0: that's yeah. that's
1: great. That's fine okay. with us. They called her, um, evidently, the foster mom called her Xiao Gia, which means little Jia
0: Oh. So it's really sweet. And she so didn't sweet. mean, that's
1: what she could, that's the only thing she answered to when we first got her. So we okay. had to say Xiao Gia. But she didn't, of course, no. Okay, know so her we kind of had to <gasps> say both for a while. You know, first yeah. we just said Shalgia and then both, and then we kind of dropped the Shalgiya.
0: So. Oh my goodness! Well, and yeah. she is—I love seeing her on Sunday mornings <laughs> when I get to t- teach, and she is yeah. just the sweetest thing. She always Aww,
1: thank you. Um,
0: is is just the brightest shining light, and I just love Aww. seeing her and seeing her excited about. Um, being at church. And you know, what I was going to say is my husband, Jim, when he said, yeah. when he was talking or thinking about you alls story and thinking about L.E.K. and we saw when she was baptized, when she came to know the Lord mm-hmm. this past year. And he said, you know, Ren, that has changed, you know, Matt and Ashley's mm. decision has changed the trajectory of L.E.K.'s life. Mm. And he said, it's not, it's, it's not only changed the trajectory of her life, of her physical life, it has changed the trajectory Mm. of her spiritual life. You don't know. And just the trajectory Mm -hmm. has been changed. And so I just think that is a huge, a huge deal. And I love that. I I love that aspect of it. So yeah, we love that thought too.
1: And we definitely pray for her biological parents. That's one thing that, we pray for is that they will just somebody will God will send somebody just to mm. tell them the good news and that we'll see them in heaven one day. I really, really am pray. Mm. And I probably won't know on this earth whether that ever
0: happens. But right. That's right. Prayer. That's precious. I love that. I love that. Um, okay. So at the end of my episode, I get to chat some fun little questions about what are you reading? Yeah. Um, what are you eating? What do you do with friends? That sounds fun. So let's start with what are you reading?
1: Okay, so I usually have two different kinds of books. Um, I usually have like the the lighter waiting room, you yes. know, waiting at gymnastics kind of books. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so um, right now I'm reading a fictional um, trilogy called the Daughter of China series. Oh. And it's, um, it's based on truth, but the characters' names are changed and all that. But it's about okay. the underground church in China. <gasps> and the main oh. character is in her province. So I'm just really excited to read it because I feel like it's kind of Um, opening my eyes a little bit about what it's like there in her prophet. Mm. So I'm enjoying that, but it's taken me a long time because um, I just, I don't read that all the time. So it's just kind of my waiting.
0: (laughs) waiting And then
1: I'm usually also trying to usually read a um, Christian classic type thing that I haven't read yet. Like um, my two that are finished recently are um, practicing the presence of God by brother Lawrence. He was a monk and like long, like centuries ago, but it's like a, it was just really, really good. And then, um, anything by major and Thomas yes. is what I've been trying to walk through now. So, Hey, okay. um,
0: wonderful. Yeah. Those I, sound really yeah. good. Yeah. I've heard that. Yeah. I've heard of those authors. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So what do you do with friends? That's fun since this is the friends of a feather podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: So, um, one thing with one of our friends that we've Done for ten years is um, every Thursday night. Our we have like a standing date with some family <gasps> friends, and we eat at McAllister's. Like every single
0: Thursday I night, I love that. Um,
1: and it started out when we had much uh, less kids than we do now, <laughs> oh, <sure>. but um, <laughs> it, but it's kind of you know kids have kind of grown. But it started out with kids eat free on Thursday nights, and yeah. so we just kind of continue that. And um, it's one of it's a relationship where we're friends, and our husbands are friends, and the kids you know, I'll have someone their age. And so it's just a really fun thing. It's a regular thing that we've kind of built into our week. That's,
0: I love that. That is awesome. I love that. I heard another one of my guests said she meets a friend. It was um, Megan from Sheet Farm Felt, and she meets a friend for lunch or tea or something once a week. Yeah. And I was like, that is just a Mm -hmm. great pattern to get into that y'all do that every Thursday night. (laughs) Yeah. I hope I didn't take you away from a cowlister tonight. No, we we just got back. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Okay. Perfect. Perfect. Good. Um, Okay. So what is your favorite snack? Speaking of restaurants.
1: Um, yeah. So Matt and I are big dark chocolate people. Both of us okay. love dark chocolate. So, so we usually have like a little square of dark chocolate like every night. Oh, That's yeah. usually our our Just snack thing. then a square? Yeah, usually. Or, or we'll do like two doves, you know, they're like okay. the two little two That's dark really, chocolate doves. Really they're really good. And if I want something salty during the day... Um, yeah. I've recently tried the dry roasted almonds, okay. so they're like more flavorful. For, uh-huh. So you feel, feel like you're eating a little bit healthier of a nut, but it's yes. they're really yummy. So.
0: Okay, I usually do plain, they're but they're I, I burn out so fast. Yeah, so, so the dry roasted
1: are so good. It's right. Emerald brand, they're really
0: great. I'm gonna try. So thank you so much for oh, coming on the podcast. Thank you for having Ashley. me. So much. This was great to hear all the details about y'all's story and. Um, I know my listeners will love it. And I want to say you have been um, so precious and sweet to always be encouraging me. um, Always be, always encouraging me in the podcast. You have been um, one of those sweet friends that, Always, constantly, will send me messages and say, "Oh, I love that! I love the episode. You did great. Keep going. Keep doing it."
1: Aww, and that because means they're all so good. You're really. so sweet. You're
0: sweet. But yeah. even at the beginning, when I was like, "I don't know what I'm doing," I, I mean, I still don't know what I'm doing. But you know, you have yeah, been you so encouraging to me, and Aww. I just want to say thank you for that. You have been Aww, amazing.
1: You're sweet to so say that. Thank I appreciate you. Appreciate
0: it so much.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I
0: really appreciate it. I love talking with Ashley so much about international adoption and her story. If you are out there and you are waiting, you're in the process of waiting on adoption, or if you're in the process of waiting for a baby biologically, or waiting for a husband's job, or waiting for healing, I just want to encourage you to do what Ashley says and just cling to the Lord and just seek Him and just listen for His voice. Thank you so much for listening. I do not take it for granted that y'all come back every week and listen to my guests and I love their stories and I love sharing them with you. If you are loving what you're hearing, I would love if you go to iTunes and leave a five-star rating and review. It would be great. Thank you so much. I would love to connect with you over on Instagram. You can find me at Friends of a Feather Podcast. And remember, we're all Friends of a Feather, so let's stick together. Have a great week and I'll see you next time. Bye, friends.